This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, 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 welcome to Pick 6 Podcast, everybody. It is Tuesday. This is the Week 11 Betting Trends Show. It's me, Ryan Wilson, joined by the illustrious Tyler Sully Sullivan. Sully, how are you doing, my man? What's going on? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. So uh, let's see what we got going on here. We're going to do talk a little betting trends this week. And um, first, I'll get like your 15-second thought on, on what transpired last night in, in the NFC East. I, I, any... As a fan of the Patriots, you've seen that team be extremely successful over the last 20, 20 years. And, you know, sometimes you lose these sort of weird games in the middle of the season. Do you feel any differently about the Eagles now that they're 8-1? and one? I don't know if I necessarily feel any different because they're 8-1. and one. And like you said, you know, you see all these this all the time, these primetime divisional opponents. It always feels like those games are more close than your typical just kind of 1 o'clock, 1 p.m. kickoff type of a game. But... For me, what's concerning about Philadelphia, and it's something that I said after the Houston game, it does feel like you can pressure the quarterback and it feels like you can run on this team. Those are two things that aren't great when you start talking about the playoffs. I mean, if you look at maybe a, I mean, let's just look at a Minnesota team. They can run the football with Dalvin Cook. They can pressure the quarterback a little bit. Certainly the 49ers can do that with Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, and what they have coming off the edge there with the Bosa. With Bosa. So that, to me, is what's concerning. Not necessarily that they lost this game. It's the way in which that they struggled a little bit against Houston last Thursday, or now a couple Thursdays ago, and the way in which they lost this game against Washington, where Brian Robinson was able to run all over them. So for me, that's what's concerning. Not necessarily that they lost this game. They should be fine. They'll, they'll probably still get the number one seed in the NFC. But that, to me, is what's concerning when we look at them in terms of a Super Bowl candidate. All right, you mentioned the Vikings and their ability to run the ball, and um, what sticks out when you say that is Dalvin Cook rip, ripping off that 81-yarder, I believe, late in the third quarter that got the ball rolling for the Vikings in Buffalo last Sunday in that most improbable of comebacks. I mean, that was crazy on any number of levels. This week, the Cowboys are going to Minnesota. The Cowboys just lost in Green Bay in a game that felt a lot a lot like what we saw last night with Washington and, and Philadelphia. Uh, as we sit here, you see there, if you watch on YouTube, Dallas is minus one. Interesting. Over under 47 and a half. What are your initial thoughts on this game played up in Minnesota? Yeah, really interesting that all of a sudden you see a team like Dallas. It was originally a pick em. It was a, Dallas was a two point. It didn't move all the way to Dallas laying two points. Now it's at one. It just feels a little 
fishy to me that all of a sudden, you know, Minnesota's not like it's it's not SoFi Stadium. I mean, that is a place where <laughs> Vikings fans show up. This is going to be a legitimate home field advantage for Minnesota. So all of a sudden, them now all of a, you know, at one point getting two points, you're flirting almost with a field goal. Now it's obviously just one, basically, you know, I guess you can, you're just avoiding a tie at that point. That's a little interesting. Now, it could be that you're coming off a letdown after that, just, you know, um, emotional win in Buffalo and you're able to pull that one out. Dallas in Lambeau, kind of a little bit more of a desperate team at this point, wanting to kind of fix that thing. But ultimately, I still don't know if we can doubt the Vikings at this point. Like, I, I don't know if we can really look at them and say, all right, you know, as much as I've been a big kind of critic on Kirk Cousins saying, well, you know, when the bright, when the lights get bright, yada, 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 he'll turn into a pumpkin. I don't know. That was a good, that was a good spot for him last week. And, and so I don't know if I can doubt them much anymore. And when, when we start looking at it, I mean, the Cowboys have rebounded nicely off of losses. I don't know if that's necessarily what is moving the line in their direction, but they are four and oh against the spread in their last four games after a straight up loss. So that does trend favorably to them. And the Vikings, over the last month, though, they've been 3-0-1 against the spread in the last four games. So something's going to give here. Yeah, you talk about Kirk Cousins and a pumpkin. Turns out he's a pumpkin that plays pretty good when the uh, at least this season. Because I mentioned this on the Pick 6 podcast last night. And like you, I, I'm a... I'm not sold yet on Kirk Cousins. I know Vikings fans get upset when I say that, but here's the reality. He's two and 10 on Monday night football, three and five on Thursday night football and one and three in the playoffs. So he's a better version of Andy Dalton, basically once the, once it gets dark out. But again, they finally got that signature win on the road against the bills. And you can make all the excuses you want about Josh Allen being hurt or whatever. They won that football game under Mike Zimmer. I don't think they do. Our guy Stephen O at Sportsline, who runs millions and millions of simulations, uh, notes that Dallas's run defense isn't great. They're lying 4.8 yards per carry and a f- 143 yards on average. Dalvin Cook will be tough to stop. We just talked about that. Dallas also allows nearly one more yard per pass attempt on the road, uh, so that'll be something to keep an eye on as well. Um, love it. Next up, you, oh, yeah, go ahead. You, just really quickly, I, I was just looking at it here too. When we're talking about, you know, the laying a point here or getting a point here with Minnesota at home, and as much as we're saying that's a home field advantage, they're 500 against the spread at home this season, two and two. So as much as we're like, hey, listen, they're playing great, they're, they're a 500 team to bet on when they're at home this year. Yeah, and Stephen O actually notes the Vikings are four and five uh, against the spread versus teams with winning records like the Cowboys. So, um Interesting. That that line is interesting. If I were doing the wins over Wilson line, I would probably have many like minus maybe minus two and a half or something. Mm. Man, that might be too much. Minus two. But anyway, these aren't my lines. All right. Next game. The Baker Mayfield led Carolina Panthers after headbutting literally everyone on the team yesterday with no helmet on uh, last week. Excuse me. They are going to Baltimore. The spread, the spread is minus 12 over under 43 and a half. I don't know if that's a Baker Mayfield spread, uh, what the PJ Walker and or Sam Darnold spread might look like. I think it's just an overall Carolina is dysfunctional spread minus 12. Are you at all afraid of that? If you're thinking about the Ravens a, a little bit, and it, I don't know if it necessarily has anything to do with Mayfield. I mean, just straight up, he's three and five against the, the Ravens in his career, obviously playing with the Cleveland Browns in the AFC North 58.4 completion percentage, 83.2 passer rating against them. Just has been an okay, not great quarterback when you're talking about going up against uh, going up against the Baltimore Ravens. The one thing I'm trying to pull it up quickly here is that I do believe, I think that we would all look at the, the Baltimore Ravens, okay, coming off a bye, they've had so much rest, 
going into this game because they played a Thursday, then they played on a Monday, and then they had their bye. And so, like, there was a ton of time for this team to get healthy. And when you look, when you think of John Harbaugh, a John Harbaugh-led team, you think that they're, you know, tremendous off the bye. Hasn't actually really been the case mm. over their over their last five games following a bye. They're one in four against the spread in this season, or at least you know in their last five home games, they're oh four and one against the spread. They haven't covered a game at home this season. So when you're telling me that type of a trend for a team like the Ravens, who are now laying double digit points. I know the Panthers haven't been great, and Baker Mayfield's not a particularly good quarterback this year, but is this one of those games where Donta Foreman just starts to run? It's a close ball control type of a game, and the Ravens win this one by like seven, and you're like, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm sitting pretty here with 12 points in my back pocket. This feels sort of like the San Francisco Chargers game, where I think that got up to minus eight at one point for San Francisco, and the Chargers kept it close. It also feels like last night's game, where that was minus 11, I think, at one point, Eagles favored over Washington, and that was a close call. Stephen O is an, an admitted Ravens fan, uh, and the first thing he writes in his notes is, all caps, Baker Mayfield helps Carolina only lose by 10 in cover. And the thinking is, Mayfield had a few good moments in the second half of games this season, and I think the most important part to underline is that Panthers have nothing to lose. Baker can go out there and wing it like crazy. He might throw three interceptions. He might throw four touchdowns. And to your point, it's unclear. The Ra the Ravens do play better with more rest, which probably holds for every single NFL team on the planet, except for probably the Steelers. So I don't know if that's enough to overcome a team that doesn't care. And it's always funny, like by week six or seven, some of these teams that are clearly out of the playoff race start not caring and playing better. If they just play like that weeks one through five or six, they might have had a better opportunity. And the other things that we obviously need to watch with the Ravens, too, is the status of Mark Andrews. Is he going to be healthy enough to play? I believe John Harbaugh was, gave an encouraging update the other day. I don't think it was a definitive he is going to play, but... It, it seemed a little bit more positive that Andrews might be a factor. Obviously, huge when you talk about Lamar Jackson in terms of his effectiveness passing the football. Isaiah Likely it was a nice guy over the summer, didn't? And he caught that touchdown last week or whatever it was a couple of weeks ago, but wasn't particularly effective. Rashad Bateman's out for the year. So if you're able to put Mark Andrews back on that offense, that certainly helps them. And as much as I question the Ravens and their ability to cover in this game, laying double digits. We, we should point out that the Carolina Panthers have not been a good team to bet on on the road either. They're not a good team just in general, but they're one in seven against the spread in their last eight road games. So something's got to give here. I, I may lean a little bit more towards the Panthers getting 12 points, but still, that's a, that's a tough one when you start to look at that trend too. I think the takeaway is... If you don't have to bet it, maybe just <laughs> this could also be a stay away. <laughs> yeah, because this line is is pretty well placed. It feels like quickly. I'll ask this because I said this and Prince got mad at me. Is Justin Fields the best running quarterback in the NFL? And I mentioned that because we're talking about Lamar Jackson, of course. I mean, right now, absolutely. I mean, oh, you're, you're, you're talking about 140 plus rushing yards and how many games consecutively? I mean, it's just. He's insane, and, and I'll pat myself on the back. This was even before a few weeks ago. We had to do bold predictions for the second half. I said he was going to literally run away to be the best quarterback from his 2021 draft class. Great call. And slap in the face of McCorkle Jones, but that's a conversation for another time. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and hit one more team and uh, get you out of here. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, all right, all right. Next game, Sully. The aforementioned Bears and Justin Fields are traveling to Atlanta to go up against the OG running quarterback, Marcus Mariota, who will not be benched, uh, according to Arthur uh, Arthur Smith, who, you know, Arthur Smith looks like a guy that works at a hardware store and, is, is, and knows everyone in town and, and is, is a quite affable gentleman. Turns out he gets angry in these press conferences and people ask him about Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter should they switch positions uh, on the depth chart. Uh, in any case, Chicago and Atlanta, Atlanta's minus three over under 50. You know, like two weeks ago, I would say crush the the Falcons on this line because both teams were, were going in different directions. Atlanta good, Chicago bad. It feels like the, the script has been flipped. What do you like here? Uh, we talked about fields. We know what Mar- Mar- Mariota runs. He doesn't throw the ball a lot. Cordell Patterson's back. I don't know if you want to say they're getting um, uh, Kyle Pitts and, and, and uh, Drake London more involved. They're blocking more, but I, what do you feel? What do you feel about this? Yeah, it's crazy. Like you said earlier in the year, you you would hammer the Falcons in this one, and you'd be right because I think they started the year off six and zero against the spread. It was something they were undefeated through a fir- the first basically six weeks of the season, or, or roughly. Awesome bet. Were the team they kind of reminded me of the Detroit Lions last year, where you're like, okay, it's just an automatic bet. They seem to cover. They seem to play hard under Arthur Smith. Physical, run the football. Hasn't been the case over the last few weeks. They're 0-4 against the spread in their last four games. They've just been a tough team to really back. And, and I think part of it is the play of Marcus Mariota. So I do think that the conversations about Desmond Ritter are rightfully so. Arthur Smith, like you were saying, is not going to make that move for a multitude of reasons. But I think the main one being is they are technically still in it in terms of the playoff picture. They have three more weeks till they're by. If they lose all these next three games, I think that you might have that conversation be a little bit more legitimized. But when we look at this game, the look ahead on this was uh, Falcons minus four and a half. And it's quickly starting to move in favor of Chicago. It wouldn't surprise me if this gets under the three points here. That's a critical number. I would take the Bears at this point with three points, with a field goal in my pocket, just the way both of these teams have been playing. Fields has just been out of his mind in terms of not only running the football, but his ability to run the football has opened things up passing. Cole commit's been a good option for him, particularly not even in the red zone. I think he caught like a 50 yard touchdown last week. He's been a go-to target for them. So for me, I like the way that Chicago's quarterbacks playing. I don't like the way Atlanta's quarterbacks playing. And if you're telling me I can get the better quarterback with a field goal in his back pocket, I'm taking that every single time. Yeah, it's funny read, reading Stephen O's comments, and he says in all caps, Atlanta takes advantage of a bad Bears defense, which is true, but he also notes this is not an A-rated pick because Mariota has been making horrible decisions and may get benched, which is basically what you're just saying there. Yeah. Youngway Ko is missing, Aku is missing uncharacter, uncharacteristic kicks and extra points. That's why he was shown the door uh, in San Diego slash LA. So that's the problematic part. I, I'm with you. Like I'm buying in, and maybe it's recency bias, but 
recently, Justin Fields has been awesome, and, and I'm buying into that. Even when he threw that pick six last week to Jeff Okuda, he came back with that 70-something-yard scramble uh, to get those seven points right back. There is one other quarterback, I guess Kyler, if you want to throw him in there, but Lamar Jackson can do that. Otherwise, it's Justin Fields and no one else. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that one. And again, it it just feels like these teams are trending in two different directions. Yes, Chicago kind of stripped things down on the defensive side of the ball, trading away a bunch of pieces at the deadline. But the way that Fields has been playing, it just seems like this team is kind of rolling right now, finding its identity. And I, I don't really love the way that Mariota has been playing. Yes, the conditions were bad last week. There was rain. There was all that kind of stuff. But just the decisions alone, were head-scratching, to say the least. I mean, obviously, he had one interception, should have probably had, like, three, especially on the one where he kind of fell to the ground, rolled, and still hucked the ball up in the air. It's, it might be one of the worst throws I've seen, not only this what season. What do you think but- was going through his mind when he was uh, about to go down and, and said, you know, th- I don't know if he's instinctual or not, why would he throw that ball? Like, what what could be the only rational explanation for doing that? I couldn't tell you unless he's thinking that he's closer to the sideline and he wants to throw it away and not That's take the best the explanation I've heard that that actually makes some sense. I was going to go with I, let's see if I can throw an interception on this. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just like, you know what, let's let's see what happens. But <laughs> well, I, I think that that might have been the only thing that he could be thinking. That's of, a good but, one. but other than that, and quickly before we before we wrap up here, there is one more game that I think that we should hit on. And Ooh. it's kind of in that similar vein that we were talking about with the Falcons in the Panthers last week. There is some significant weather in the Buffalo-Cleveland game this weekend. In Three uh, hours na- from here. The National Weather Service, so you know this, the National Weather Service already issued a winter storm watch starting on Thursday. It's going to go through Sunday, all the way through the Bills-Browns game. You're talking forecast, and again, we're recording this on a Tuesday, so things can certainly change. But you're talking about a forecasted one to two feet Mm-hmm. of snow over the course of that time it's going to be 28 degrees roughly in terms of, of the weather there it's going to be cold it's going to be snowy and we're already starting to see that impacting the betting markets here if you look at what this line was just on monday morning in terms of the over under because that's clearly what's going to impact this the bills were a nine and a half point favorite i think right now it fell it fell a point and a half so the bills are now an eight point favorite here but you look at how fast this line is starting to fall. It was on Monday morning. Let's just call it at noontime on Monday. It was 47, the, the total on this. Now, as we're standing here on Tuesday at around you know 145, it's 43, 43 and a half. It's kind of looking at. So it's dropping considerably. That's one thing to kind of keep an eye on here. As we watch this weather, try to see if you can snip this number at, at, at a good clip here. Yeah, I'm I'm laughing because as you were talking about that, and that that's a real concern. I've seen up to 30 inches potentially. Uh, n- never mind being in the stadium. Uh, the 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 Browns might struggle to get to the stadium from Cleveland, even though it, you know you can throw a rock and hit Cleveland from Buffalo. But I'm laughing because I was reminded of, of the 2009 game when the Titans came to New England uh, in the snow game, and this the, the conditions were terrible, and New England dropped a 59 burger on them. Uh, I would imagine they still covered. I don't know what the overall was in that game, but 59 to nothing feels like a cover. Uh, Kerry Collins and Vince Young went two of 14. Uh, meanwhile, Tom Brady just put it up 34 times. So I, I wonder what this might look like. The conditions clearly snow has an effect on every team except for, for that Patriots team. 
Um, I would imagine that the numbers are, are going to be much lower score wise, but this is just a, maybe the anomaly there. And, and one other thing is interesting too. I think that you would look at both of these clubs and say, all right, well, they're both from the North. It's the, the Cleveland, Buffalo. They're used to this kind of weather, at least, you know, maybe not playing in feet of snow, but cold <laughs> environments, snow, and you, you'd be used to that. I would push back on Cleveland for this instance and this instance only because you look at what they had to deal with last week. You're talking about an absolute super swing in weather. They were playing down in Miami against the Dolphins, and the Dolphins historically love to put the opposing teams on a specific sideline because the way the sun goes into Hard Rock Stadium, they're more often than not in the shade, and the visiting team is in the sun. I was watching that game, the pregame, or the the sideline report was noting that it was over 100 degrees at one point on the Brown sideline. So you're talking about a Browns team that seven days ago when they get into Buffalo, they were playing in 100-degree weather, and now all of a sudden you're in a frozen tundra around 28 degrees in a blizzard. That's got to do something to you mentally. As much as you are used to playing in Cleveland in the cold weather, that has to be a crazy swing that impacts you in some in some fashion. Never mind the the mental impact of just playing in Cleveland for the Browns. I mean, yeah, that's I mean, a whole other conversation. All right, a couple quick hitters here, Sully, and then yep. we'll get out to you. Uh, is it worth putting money on Justin Fields for MVP? We just talked about Justin a little bit. Uh, let's see. What is he right now? I'm trying to find him. He's probably going to be down there. I mean, at this He's point. He's down there. I'm, I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Where's Justin? I don't even see him. Hmm. Let me let me pull it up. If he's not, if he's not on there, then I don't know um, how he can. Yeah, it might be. You have to go to the. Let's see. Oh, there he is. He's, God, is that right? He's plus 50,000. So he's at the very bottom, tied with Tannehill, Goff, Kelsey, McCorkle uh, and Bosa. Now, of those names, I love Justin Fields. There it is, way down at the bottom. Not a got it. Um, I'm not willing to go that. I mean, look, I, I, I'll you know I'll put ten dollars down on this and and feel good about it. But I don't know if I go much more than that. Um, tell me what you think about that, and then give me your dark horse MVP candidate. Uh, maybe closer to the top of that list. Yeah, I don't know if I would. I would love him for that, just because you're talking about really swinging things. I mean, there's three and seven right now. There's no real shot that they're making a, a run at the division title with. And with so that's an important point because Breach always brought up last year when I was on on the Justin Herbert bandwagon. Typically, MVP candidates win the division, yeah. so that's a wrap for them. In fact, I, I guess you would make the case and quite easily that Kirk Cousins is a better choice, even though I don't think anyone would build a team around Kirk Cousins over Justin Fields. Maybe they would. I don't know. Yeah, I, that to me just seems a little bit too far-fetched. But you never know. Maybe maybe if all of a sudden he lights it up and, and continues to break these records, and if he does, I, I think he is on track to break Lamar Jackson's rushing record. I, I believe that that's true, or at least he's sniffing in the ballpark now for how well he's played. I, I'd have to look really quickly, but I don't know. Is that all of a sudden offensive player of the year status? That that might be that might be something that you kind of look at there, and and, and that's kind of, Maybe what you look at in terms of uh, Justin Fields, if you want to get a long shot for a futures award. But to me, if we're looking at MVP, the one that I really like, and I don't think it's going to, it's obviously not going to happen because he's not a quarterback. He's not no. a quarterback, so it's not going to happen. But Tyree killed to me at 50 to one. And even those odds aren't particularly great right now. I feel like you could have got it much. You probably could have got that 101 not too long ago. But to me, he is somebody who I think makes a lot of sense. Because I think that you look at what the Miami Dolphins are doing and how much Tua Tungavello has developed into a solid quarterback this year. I think you put that praise on 
Tyreek Hill and his presence. And when you start to make the case of most valuable, because yeah. I mean, we always try to parse this, that to me is the biggest difference for Miami is the addition of Tyreek Hill and what he's done to that offense is more valuable and more significant. It contributes to what that leap that we're seeing from Tua Tungavailoa has been. So that to me would be the guy outside of that. I mean, maybe, I mean, I, I still don't think, I still don't think, I think Gino would be a decent one if so, all of a sudden they pull away and win that division. So Gino, Tua, and Jalen. Tua and Jalen are, uh, Tua's plus 500, Jalen's plus 600, and Gino's plus 6,000. Of those three, who you want to who you want to ride with, as the kids say? Um, I would probably, I'd probably ride with Jalen Hurts just because I feel like I am confident. You know, obviously they just lost, but I'd be confident that they could get the number one seed in the conference. He'll put up respectable numbers, and he didn't play poorly yesterday. You could no. you could point to Tua playing poorly when, of course, he had the concussion issues. Gino didn't play great in the first half in Germany. Jalen has has at least been consistent. I, I, I think I'm with you on that. And the other one too. I mean, let's not. I know that this could, this is, you know, this is a buy low. He's got the second best odds, but this could <laughs> be a buy low opportunity for Josh Allen too at plus yeah. 500. Bad couple of weeks. He's had some turnovers, clearly dealing with the elbow, but they're still six and three. And you could see a path where all of a sudden things start to click again. And he looks like the Josh Allen that we've all seen. And again, I don't think he was particularly bad in that game against Minnesota. He had some timely turnovers that were awful, obviously. But <laughs> when we're talking about the elbow, I didn't think it impacted him too, too much. And he was still able to be effective running the football. So if all of a sudden he gets healthy and things start to click for him, I could easily see this turning into a Patrick Mahomes plus 120 and Josh Allen plus 135 or something like that. And meanwhile, you can get him right now at plus 500. So maybe there's a buy low opportunity here for Allen. Yeah. And if, God forbid, Allen is out for an extended period, just hit up Tyler uh, Sully on, on Twitter and he will uh, reimburse you. Uh, all right. What about uh, is there a team that strikes you that might be the best value to win their division? To win As their you said division. Here, Tennessee's minus 650. Yeah. Duh. Um, Philly's minus 400. Dallas is plus 500. The Giants are plus 900. The Giants are seven to two. Tampa's going to win that division, minus 430. So the Ravens are minus 550. The Bengals are plus 480. Now, the Bengals are on the outside looking into the playoff race as we sit here. I think they're going to make a run, and that's not me being brainwashed by breach. The Vikings are minus 6,000. That's over. Mm -hmm. What about the Dolphins at plus 230? That's the team I would probably look at. Miami. It's... You know, as much as I just said, you know, you could maybe buy low on Josh Allen, mm -hmm. but there is <laughs> there is also but there's also that other side of the coin where maybe things do kind of sputter. This is a team that I talked about with Will the other day does just struggle mightily to win these one score games. They're two and three this season in one score games. They've lost two straight one score games. And so if all of a sudden they keep falling on that other side of the coin and they start losing these games and if Josh Allen's forced to miss time. Miami can be a little frisky here. I, I believe that. The, am I wrong to say that they already have a, a, a win against Buffalo, or is that did I did I miss that one? No, they won that. that I think Tua. Yeah, they won back they have, in week three. Yeah, Tua came out and came back in that game. I believe that's the game that that that's the initial. Yep. Situation. And so obviously they have one more game on left on the schedule with Buffalo, but right now they own the head-to-head -head tiebreaker, significant. And if all of a sudden you're starting to talk about the Bills not being 100 percent healthy. Well, I don't. I mean, they're rolling right now. The Dolphins are. They seem to be like a team that could crash the party 
in the AFC playoff picture. I, I've said the, you know that this could be a team that just they do play a style of football that translates well to the postseason where they can run the football now with Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. They added a pass rusher in Bradley Chubb. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about what Tyreek Hill does and Jalen Waddle as well, I mean, both those guys are absolute speedsters how much that stretches things down the field. Mm. It just changes the entire way that you game I mean, plan. Sherfield is balling out. He's yeah. also a beneficiary of having yeah. Jalen and Tyreek out there, not to mention the, the two point you made earlier. Uh, the only thing I, I wonder about, and Stephen O made this point, so I, I can't call it on my own. I, I want to see how, and if they win the division, not an issue. I want to see what happens when they have to play in cold weather. We just talked about the Bills and the Browns sure. this weekend. Uh, they still have to go to... They go to Buffalo, I think week 15, I think two weeks later, they go to the Patriots. So the conditions might not be great, and and we'll see how that works out. But hey, running games travel, defenses travel, and they have uh, both of those things. Uh, We know with Mike McDaniel dialing up the runs, and of course, you mentioned Bradley Chubb as the new addition there. Hopefully that helps the edge rush situation. One other other thing quickly, too, if we're just talking about divisions, I mean, let's not disrespect the New York Giants. Yeah, they're in second place in that division. Yet they have the third worst, third best odds in that division at plus nine hundred. I mean, we gotta at least point the fact out that they are seven and two on the season, only one game back of Philadelphia. They're a game up on Dallas. I mean, that's we do have to point that out. They are close, and at plus nine hundred for a second place team, only one game back. That's one to look at as well. Absolutely, Brian Dable, coach of the year candidate for sure. All right, that's a wrap on Week 11 Trends. Thanks for joining uh, me, Ryan Wilson, and you, Tyler Sully Sullivan. Uh, You know, we'll catch you guys in the flip-flop.